tell you what, it's been quite a while since we've uh, been moving into our uh, lifestyle program, so we're kicking them off this afternoon. Of course, with Peter Mullen. G'day, Peter. Hang on, let's. I've forgotten how to do it. Bit of volume. Yeah, that works. That works. How are you, sir? Yeah, very well, thank you. It's lovely to be back. I, I, you know, you don't realise how much I enjoy coming to the radio until all of a sudden you don't get to come. So, hey. and it's lovely to see you. And you don't realise how much I enjoy the hour of music from twelve to one on Tuesdays. This one. <laughs> um, today, you're going to kick a lot of people in the teeth by having a crack at coffee. Oh, well, actually, you know, with COVID, like we've probably everyone's been drinking more coffee or caffeinated drinks than normal. But there is some good news, um, which I'll get to in a little while. So coffee, one of the most popular drinks in the world, with more than 4 billion cups drunk per year. Yeah, and that's uh, just in Newcastle. Yeah, 9.5. Australians on average drink 9.5 cups of coffee per week. Coffee. Now, I know there are, well, you've got your, your ticks and crosses for it in a minute. All right? Yes. Um, is it fair to say, though, that you, when you go looking for survey data, it doesn't matter what the food is, what the drink is, what the level of whatever happens to be, you can go and you can find the results that you want? I, look, I agree 100%. Like, I think that's what um, Google's fantastic for. If you want, an, you want support for your argument either way, there's mm. always something you can find. Um, when it comes to coffee and food, though, what's really interesting is coffee is a great example of what might be actually quite really beneficial for someone might to someone else really aggravate a lot of their health concerns. And, and we're going to look. Mm. So it's that individual, um, I guess, what one man's what one man's cure is another man's poison or something like that. You've completely stuffed that stuffed up. That but I know up. What you yeah, meant but that. you get the gist. Yeah, I, yeah, it just depends on the sort of um, sort of person that is taking it on board. So there are some studies that suggest that it may have it being coffee have some health benefits and but having a look at the list it's it's a pretty decent one so i mean let's let's start at the front cardiovascular disease including heart attacks failure and stroke yeah it looks quite amazing isn't it like that you know and we'll get into amounts in a little while but um you know and these are recent studies suggest that drinking coffee reduces the risk of heart disease chronic respiratory diseases as well like pneumonia mm. influenza okay the flu so maybe we've got a, a Anyway, we won't go there. So, um, so, I mean, again, the data of producing some good stuff there. Um, what about uh, back on the heart attack stuff? What, what What's the data pointing to in that area? Well, just basically that um, um, what it does, like it, it I'm not 100% sure what it does, particularly mm. from a heart point of view, but it is one of the highest levels of antioxidants in our diet. So straight away, drinking coffee, you're getting good antioxidant protection but um it's beneficial it's been studies have shown that it um, may help reduce the risk of parkinson's disease may help the risk of reduce the risk of type 2 diabetes by helping with um um, the body processing or getting insulin Mm -hmm. to get glucose out of the bloodstream quicker um uterine and liver cancer uh, mood and even a study i came across where they were saying that, and it was a study from a uh, university in England, saying that it reduced the risk of people wanting to self-harm. That's so I'm not sure what the connection is there, except that it does. It is actually, we call coffee or caffeine a psychoactive drug because it does actually have an effect on our brain chemistry. So a lot of those ones that you're talking about at the end, it comes back to being the, the positive effect that it is shown uh, to have on mood. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And also too, like with coffee, like one of the ways that coffee works 
is that it adenosine is a, a compound or a hormone that we produce that builds up during the day and actually makes us tired, gets us ready to wind down and go to sleep. Caffeine binds to the adenosine receptors. So in effect, when you have a cup of coffee, it stops you from feeling tired before, because it's chemically binding to these receptors. Or pumps you up. Yeah, yeah. So if you're driving the car, if you're coming home from, I was going to say Sydney, but you know, no one's going there at the moment. If you're coming home from anywhere over night time and you've got a long drive ahead of you, a coffee might actually be a really beneficial thing because it will help um, block those fatigue receptors and it'll actually stimulate your um, brain and nervous system. Um, where What's interesting, though, is that if you're a long-term coffee drinker, you know people. some people say they can drink coffee and they don't get tired, or sorry, they, don't, they, they can still sleep. If you're a long-term drinker, your brain actually produces more of these adenosine um, receptors, So, and you build up, you produce more adenosine. So you lose the effect over a period of time if you're drinking a lot of coffee. Uh-huh. So the sort of people that go out of a night and then at their last thing before bedtime, they're still have having a coffee. coffee. Yeah, You can tell that they're uh-huh, you have it a lot and all the time in most days. Yes, yes, and your body's just developed. You know, you're coping better with that. Like Whereas someone else that maybe doesn't drink coffee or... And we'll get on to the negatives of coffee in a little moment, but um, sleep and sleep disturbed sleep patterns is a really big reason why some people really shouldn't have coffee. And those people having a coffee at that time of night will say, you know, I didn't sleep all night. Uh, you mentioned something at the top there about the the level of antioxidants that we can find in coffee as well and can even be beneficial for things, something, uh, something simple such as weight loss and uh, getting your, your metabolic rate up as well. Yep, yep. So um, further studies have suggested that um, drinking coffee can actually lose, like because it increases your metabolism, can increase um, fat burning. Um, uh, we've talked about mood and brain, um, may enhance exercise performance as well. So some people, a lot of those um, uh, uh, sports, um, you know, the drinks people take before they go to the drinks. gym and stuff like that. Or, you know, the... Um, Oh, having a mental blank. You know the sports performance drinks that people drink before they go and do a train out, yeah. a, a workout with creatine and stuff. All the pre-workout stuff. They all the pre-workout stuff. That all has caffeine in it because caffeine's been shown to improve your um, endurance and um, ability to train. Oh, fair, fair call. Uh, good afternoon, Sharon. You've got a coffee question for Peter this afternoon. Uh, it, it's kind of more a statement, I think, Peter. And um, good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon. It, it's just that um, I think the social aspect, especially in these particular times, it's great for connection, having a coffee, or just catching up to do something similar. And I think coffee's been the ultimate miracle worker at present. Yeah, look, I'd, I'd agree with that. Like, and, and because of that effect on mood, and as you say, um, Sharon, socialising as well. Um, keep in mind, though, we'll get into the negatives in a minute, because you can still be doing your herbal teas and your your cacao um, and yeah. your chai tea. But, um, yeah, no, I, I agree. I think at the moment it's the social aspect of things, being able to catch up with friends and family that's probably keeping us all going at the moment. And how do you have, yeah. your, how do you have your Sharon, by the way? Oh, just white. Just white. White. White, white if you're putting one on for me, that would be appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, we can't send that through the radio. Oh, bother, bother. Or a dirty chai I've just taken a partial liking to. Dirty but, chai. Yes. Yeah. All right. I love the sound of that, Sharon. Uh, yeah, I'll put one on for yourself now, all right? 
I shall. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Have a great day. Thanks, Sharon. Peter Mullen is here. No cup of coffee. Uh, you're talking coffee, but you haven't got one, Peter. What's going on? Actually, I don't drink coffee. I stopped drinking coffee a couple of years ago. Yeah, I, I don't either. So um, are, we, are we the people? <laughs> we're that we, not, I don't know if we're, we're the right great, people. We're not great, great promoters, but there are. But I do drink. I do drink tea, and I do drink um, chai tea. Okay, fair call. So there's a bit of caffeine in chai tea because it's sort of made on black tea. Okay, well I'll have to see what. So I do a chai latte at the at the every couple of weeks so I can get my hair cut. So I'm not sure what's in that. Well, chai latte is more the powder, isn't it? So it's more sugar than anything else. Oh, that's probably why I like it. <laughs> yeah, there's probably not a lot they of say, chai. They, say, in they it. say, what do you want? I'll have another one of those chai lattes. They're fantastic. <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm getting all hopped up on sugar. There were a couple more benefits yeah, for a couple, quickly, Peter, of coffee. A couple more benefits on. because um, these are ones that people might not be aware of. So liver protection. Coffee may reduce the risk of liver damage by as much as 84%, um, and that's in reducing the risk of cirrhosis. Longevity. That's always a good one. That's a good one. Drinking coffee may decrease the risk of premature death by as much as 30%, especially for women and people with diabetes. And they came to that conclusion because all coffee drinkers were, in fact, alive at the time. (laughs) (laughs) Decreased cancer risk, particularly liver and bowel cancer or colorectal cancer. Uh, Skin protection. Wow. Wow. Caffeinated four or more cups, which I think is too much, of caffeinated coffee per day may lower the risk of skin cancer by 20%. All right. So I guess it's probably time to look at – that's all the good stuff. You've pumped it up. You've pumped it up. Now let's have a look at where it, some of the drawbacks of particularly right. high consumption of coffee. So well, this, this, is is not, this is not just the one-off every now and then, not, not like what, say, Sharon was talking about where you just go out and have a cup of coffee. This is for the, the, the addicted folk. <laughs> well, no, as we were talking before, this is for people that are hypersensitive as well. Like um, one of the things that coffee does, coffee is quite acidic and can lead to acid stress in the body. And we don't want the body chemistry to be too acidic. Like, and, and coffee does promote that. So for some people, you know, it's not going to be great. Um, if someone suffers from anxiety, caffeine can exacerbate anxiety and and burn out the adrenals or the stress coping system over a period of time um coffee can also aggravate reflux so if someone's getting heartburn or reflux unfortunately coffee is one of the things i always tell them to stop because it irritates the valve between the stomach and the esophagus so it increases your risk of reflux um hot flushes if someone's you know, one of my lady patients is seeing is getting hot flushes. Mm-hmm. I always try and get them off caffeine for starters because almost inevitably, a cup of coffee, you're going to get a hot flush. Also, my headache and migraine sufferers as well. Coffee, coffee for some people with a migraine, having something caffeinated at the start of a migraine can help to switch it off. But for a lot of my migraine sufferers, they don't tolerate caffeine all that well. Um Sleep disturbance is a big one. So the half-life of a cup of coffee, half-life of caffeine is about four to six hours. So if you have a cup of coffee in the morning, four hours later, you've still got half that amount of caffeine Mm. in your bloodstream. So if you've got three or four coffees adding up during the day, you might be going to bed with the equivalent of two cups of caffeine in your bloodstream. You have one after dinner, you're in for a big night. You're in for, yeah. (laughs) And it's not a big night of sleep. It's a big night of staring at the walls or the ceiling. Um. Uh, blood pressure, although and sleep disturbance is huge. Um, blood pressure, caffeine can put people's blood pressure up initially, but it doesn't seem to be a long-term thing, so that's not so bad. Can irritate the gallbladder, 
And that's what I found when I was drinking coffee. I don't think it was great for my gallbladder. It made me feel a bit twitchy on that right-hand side. Um, and then a lot of women that get um, painful breasts, like fibrocystic breasts or breast lumps or breast cysts, caffeine's not great for that. So getting onto evening primrose really helps, but mm -hmm. getting off the caffeine also can really help. And the other thing is that a lot of coffee beans are heavily contaminated with pesticides because of where they're grown. So getting good quality organic coffee, if you're going to have coffee, um, is important. All right. Thank you very much for that. And uh, how many per day, you reckon? You've weighed it all up. You've gone pro and against. So how many per day for coffee well, lovers? Well, my overall verdict is that for a lot of people, caffeine or coffee is actually quite healthy. Um, I would say no more than one to two cups of coffee per day. It's probably best if you have it black because the chemicals, the, the beneficial chemicals are going to absorb better. If you put milk in it, it can slow that down. And if it's organic and freshly ground, um, because beans that have already been ground and that can go rancid. So like so many things, there's healthier versions. So mm -hmm. yeah, one to two cups a day, fresh, organic, ground, um, happy days for most people. But I always say, always say as well, for most people, if you're worried about sleep, make sure you have your coffee, one or two coffees before 10 o'clock in the morning. Gotcha. All right. Uh, Jim is going to stick with the, the drinks, but not so much coffee. Jim, you've got a question on sugar, energy drinks and soft drinks, yeah? Yeah, just wondering, because me and one of my work colleagues, we got in a bit of an argument which one has more sugar, caffeine, like energy drinks or soft drinks. And I was just wondering if you could answer the question. Well, uh, which which drinks did you say? I just missed that last bit. Um, energy drinks or soft drink? Um, to be honest, I'm not sure, Like, but... A good way to tell is check out the nutrition panel on the side of the tin. But um, yeah. I think you'll find that they're probably very similar, actually. Yeah. Yeah. But have a look. Next time when you're having a soft drink or an energy drink, just check the nutrition panel on the side. It should tell you how many, how much sugar is there. And I always divide, if they talk about carbs, I always divide it by four. Say there's 20 grams. Divide it by four. That's five two teaspoons equivalent. All right, great tip there. And Greg, you have a question for Peter as well today. Yes, I have. Uh, Peter. Hi, Greg. Hi, how are you going? I, I have uh, high blood pressure. Yes. And uh, I, uh, I was doing a bit of reading and a friend put me on to a nitric oxide, which I can't get my hands on, but they put me on to a nitric factor, which boosts up the, uh, I think, the nitric oxide in the... Uh, the blood vessels and widens them. Yep, perfect, perfect. So nitric oxide is one of the compounds that our body actually produces that helps to keep our blood vessels dilated and healthy and help to manage blood pressure. Yes, yes, I'm uh, yeah, yeah, getting up in age and I was reading where it does decrease or it can falter. Yep. That's... And uh, this just gives it a boost to help it along. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And caffeine actually may reduce nitric oxide in the short term, which is my maybe why people get an increase in their blood pressure after a cup of coffee. So, yeah, oh, that sounds good. To any RFM 103.7, as we wrap it up with Peter Mullen and health and wellbeing. Good to have you back, too, Peter, by the way, after a couple of yeah, weeks. Yeah, you too, Mark. It's, lovely. it's so have, exciting to I, be back. I don't think I've seen you for nearly two months because we had restrictions it's, right after the time I was away for three weeks. So, yeah, that's it's right. about seven or eight weeks. Yeah, it's crazy, though. Yeah, how gee, fast it goes. Gee, you've, you've, you've aged a bit in that time. <laughs> 
<laughs> back well, on... thank you. That was like kind of like nice to see you, but gee, you're looking older. Is that what you meant? Back on coffee for a minute. Um, back on track. We've covered all the the positives and some of the potential negatives. Do you have? Oh no, you actually before we get into that, you just want to quickly wrap up with uh, Jim's question about soft drinks, etc. Yeah, Graham's very kindly popped in. And he's printed me out something here. So a 600ml energy drink has may have up to 8.5 teaspoons of sugar, mm. whereas a soft drink, 600ml soft drink, might have up to 15 teaspoons of sugar. It's almost a times two, isn't it? <laughs> That's incredible. So, yes, yeah, so it looks like twice as much sugar in a soft drink as there is in those energy drinks. Hope that satisfies you, Jim. Hope you're on the winning side of that argument. Now, <laughs> now back to coffee quickly. You do have a, a quick list of those you would probably suggest maybe look at a different hot, tasty beverage. Yeah, and this is comes back to that question again. There's so much great research suggesting how good caffeine is for some people. But if you're trying to fall pregnant, even two cups of, day, cups of coffee a day, can reduce your you reduce your ability to fall pregnant, and with so many couples having trouble this day and age, and that's possibly both the the prospective mum and father to be. So no coffee if you're trying to fall pregnant. Now if you are pregnant, it's not recommended to drink too much coffee either because it can actually increase your risk of miscarriage, and because we used to think that the blood brain or the blood placenta barrier was pretty tight but caffeine if you're drinking lots of coffee that coffee is going through it's going to be affecting the baby's developing nervous system mm. all right also some new stats saying that 15 percent of Aussie teenagers are regularly on the coffee is that too young yeah definitely definitely there have been some studies saying there's no difference but if you imagine like a teenager a smaller teenager has a smaller liver they can't cope with the amount of caffeine as well teenagers need sleep and unfortunately, a lot of teenagers really have bad patterns of staying up too late, et cetera, et cetera. And if they're relying on caffeinated drinks and sugary drinks to do that, then that sleep disturbance is going to increase the risk of anxiety and depression and and all sorts of issues. And we're already seeing way too much of that in our young ones these days anyway. So I'm not a fan of kids drinking coffee until they're old enough to be you know, doing it sensibly. but Because it is, as, as I was saying, it is a psychoactive drug and like any drug, it can get abused and they can be drinking caffeine late at night. And so it's a big a big issue for me is kids' health and particularly our teenagers, they seem to really right. struggle. So, so no caffeine for teenagers. Essentially, that's your your thoughts, no ca- uh, caffeine or coffee for teenagers for the health reasons, the nutrition, the sleep, etc. Um, just a couple of things just in summary to uh, for us to keep in mind if we are still going to be coffee drinkers. Well, as I said, I think for me, um, I do have my um, black tea and my chai tea and, you know, it is a treat. And as Sharon mentioned earlier, it's a nice social thing to be able to do. But um, keep it in mind, like with the rest of your health as well, if you feel that it, it does you good and you feel like it gives you a lift and um, you're sleeping well over night time and your energy generally is really good, then yeah, no more than one to two cups of coffee a day. Um, the better quality, which is um, whole organic beans that you sort of grind yourself or that's freshly ground so you know it's not going rancid. Um, drink it early in the day and if you can, stick to black coffee. And of course... Don't drink coffee if you're going to whack sugar in it. Oh. Would be my tip because we, we want to get away from sugar as much as possible. You oh. know I'm anti-sugar. Look at what, all end end of the day, Peter. It wasn't all too bad. There was some good stuff in there as well. There's some really good positive stuff, and um, I'm going to keep drinking my black tea and my chai tea. 
as always, in moderation. <laughs> All right, thank you very much, Peter, and a great health and well-being. You'll be back next Tuesday, same time. Absolutely. Lovely to see you too, Mark, and I'm pleased to see you're looking. You're looking actually younger. Of course. All right, thanks, Peter. We'll get you next week, all right? Thanks, Mark. See you then. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com. <laughs>